You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing a variety of things. We're going to be talking about Granite Xhaka's recent interview in which he claims he's been made a scapegoat by some. We're also going to be talking about Bukayo Saka, his injury and... um the kind of conundrum that players and managers find themselves in with this current international break. And we'll be touching on the reports that Arsenal did make a move to sign Manchester City's Eric Garcia prior to him agreeing to join Barcelona. So lots to get our teeth into. And I'm quite grateful for that, actually, because during an international break, content is very, very difficult to make. Um my fellow content creators will will back that up. It's not easy when there isn't football being played, not football of um, of any any sort of importance in my eyes anyway. But then, you know, on the other hand, we needed a bit of a break because it's been absolutely crazy. I'm sure many of you have got football burnout and are probably looking actually forward to having a weekend without it. So, yeah, um, bit of a strange situation to be in, but we'll... Um, we'll keep plugging away. And that's why if you've got any ideas for content, if there's anything that you guys uh, want me to do over the next sort of 10 days or so, then feel free to drop any ideas in the chat. You can DM me on Twitter at Harry Simi. You can DM me at Chronicles underscore AFC, whatever it is you prefer. And I'll be sure to pick up some of those ideas uh, as we look to continue creating content throughout this international break. It only took a minute before some, or a couple of minutes before somebody mentioned the shave. Yes, the beard uh, has gone. Uh, need to sort out the hair next as well. But unfortunately, I'm not a barber. So it's a, yeah, bit of an issue. But um, got a little bit of a trim today. It's looking a bit neat, neater, a bit tidier. There you go. Uh, but let's uh, let's get on to it because um, I want to start off by talking about the Granite Shaka thing. As many of you will know, I've been a staunch defender of Granite Xhaka, not because I think he's the best midfielder in the world, not because, you know, I think he's he's completely infallible, not because I think he's some kind of superstar, hero, legend, whatever you want to call him, but simply because I feel like he gets a rough ride from certain sections of the fans. And sometimes you see others, uh, you know, act in a similar way or make a similar mistake. And of course, the repercussions never seem as severe um, amongst the fans. They never seem um, as sort of over the top. So I wanted to touch on this because I think this is a a really interesting interview that Granite Jack has uh, given. And he's given the interview uh, to Blicker. Um, I think that's what they're called. Let me just double check that uh, before I get that wrong. Uh, Blick. Blick, sorry. Yeah, he's given it to Blick, um, which is, of course, a, a German outlet. And he's been talking uh, about the fact that he feels he has been scapegoated uh, at times during his Arsenal career. Uh, this is 
basically what he had to say, he says, you have to live with criticism in football, but there have to be limits. There are other players who get red cards, but they don't get criticised as much as I do. I sometimes feel that with me, it is deliberately made into a bigger issue than it really is. But it won't break me. I overcome it. And this time it has made me come back stronger, no doubt to many people's surprise. So, you know, Granite Xhaka defiant in his words, Granite Xhaka uh, strong in what he had to say about this. And, and obviously uh, he's been uh, on the back end. Of, he's been on the receiving end of some really, really harsh criticism uh, in the last few years. And he's got every right to be upset about that, I think. But kind of just just taking those context, uh, taking those comments um, and, and looking at them a little bit deeper, he, he says that no doubt people will be surprised that he's bounced back stronger. And I think that's right. I think there are a lot of people out there, uh, some of Granit Xhaka's fiercest critics who thought there was no coming back after that incident against uh, Crystal Palace. But to his credit, um, he's done it. You know, he's 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 come back, he's bounced back and he's established himself under Mikel Arteta as one of this team's most important players. There's no getting away from that. He plays every single week. Um, he plays more minutes than anybody else. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's very key to allowing Kieran Tierney to bomb forward, whether you like him or loathe him, because Granite Xhaka is a bit like Marmite, isn't he? You either like him or you hate him. And for me, I think there has to be a middle ground with Granite Xhaka. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, and I can't answer to why, there are many fans who just can't seem to find that middle ground. Now, is he a world beater? Is he the best central midfielder in the world? Of course he's not. Are there upgrades out there for Granite Xhaka? Of course there bloody are. But, um, you know, Fair is fair and you should recognise when he performs to a good level and you should recognise his consistency and you should recognise that in the eyes of the manager, who most people back, by the way, this guy is key. He's been key under Wenger. He's been key under Emery, um, obviously prior to all that shit going on. And he's been key to Mikel Arteta. So that suggests to me that there is something uh, about Granite Xhaka that maybe some of our fans are missing exemplary attitude, uh, works really, really hard for the team, um, always tries his best. And of course, there are players who could come in and potentially do a better job than that. I've never denied that for a second. I just think that when you look at that Arsenal team right now and you try and identify the weaknesses, Granite Xhaka is not very high up my priority list of players that need to be replaced. Um, you know, players, players go through ups and downs. Uh, Granit Xhaka does have a mistake in him. He played really, really well for a few months prior to that. Uh, obviously, that mistake at Burnley. And from then on, you know, we saw the reaction again, as always, with Granit Xhaka was overblown, was over the top. Um, it was a mistake. And you move on from it. You know, I, he's, a, he's a good player. Is he a world-class player? No, but I've never said that. And I don't think anybody has. Um, I think the point that people have always tried to make is that he gets a rough ride. He gets a hard time. The player clearly feels it himself. And if you think that the online abuse that some of these players get does not affect them, you only need to read that interview uh, that Granite Jack has given to Blick because that interview tells you all you need to know about how it can take a toll mentally on these players. They do read some of it. You know, I'm not suggesting that Granite Jack has nothing else to do on a Sunday night other than scroll through, through Twitter 
and read all the vile abuse directed at him. But they will be aware of it. They will come across certain bits of it. As as many players have said, people send you stuff and you see it. And that, and that's the reality of it. So for me, um, I just want to, you know, I, I want to back up what Granite Xhaka is saying because I do th- think he's been made a scapegoat at times. At times he's deserved criticism, as have all of that group. You know, at times they've not been good enough. But Granite Xhaka does feel like a bit of a scapegoat right now. And I love... Um, I love his defiance. I love the way that he's willing to say it. And I love the way that he's turned what could have been a major, major negative um, and something that could get a lot of people down, that people who maybe aren't as mentally strong would struggle from re- to recover from. I like that he's used that and turned it into fuel to turn his performances around. And yes, you know, the Burnley mistake was a mistake. We've all discussed that over and over again. Don't wish to go on about it. But we move on from it and there is no denying that over the last few months, um, Arsenal as a side have improved and Granite Xhaka's level of individual performance has also improved. There's no getting away from that. You can deny it all you want. You can call him every word under the sun, but that is the truth. That is the reality of it. And, um, and I'm glad to see Granite Xhaka, as I say, turning what could have been a major, major negative um, into fuel as he looks to, to you know, pick up again and, and continue. Um, I love this from Banos. He says that Fetus Harry is hosting the Chronicles of Aguna. Yeah, how much younger do I look without a beard? It's unbelievable. Um, I don't look my age without a beard, which is incredible. Maybe I should get rid of it more often. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Connor says that need more players with his mentality, to be honest, not less. Uh, yeah, agree. We need... Um, we need players that are fighters, that have that spirit, the desire to win. Completely agree, Connor. Um, for those of you putting ideas in for shows, keep them coming. I'm not going to read them out on the podcast because those who will be listening, especially via the audio, will be like, what the hell is this geezer going on about? But keep putting putting them in the chat and I will make a note of them after the show finishes because I want to, um, I want to definitely pick up on some of those ideas during the international break. So thank you to Lee uh, for dropping one in there. Keep them coming, guys. Uh, Diogene says that Xhaka is not a scapegoat, but not the solution either. Squad player at best. And and look, I I acknowledge that in the eyes of many, he shouldn't be in the first team. For me, he should, based on our current options. But a lot of people talk about, oh, Granite Xhaka shouldn't be playing for Arsenal. And then when I say, so you're going to pick Mohamed Elneny every week instead then? They go, no. Well, hold on a minute. What's the alternative? It's Elneny or Ceballos. And if you don't think either of those are good enough either, then you've got a problem. Granite Xhaka plays and, and Granite Xhaka should play at the moment. Based on our current options, in my personal opinion, he is good enough to be in that starting eleven. If we can bring somebody else in, if we can upgrade, then of course that changes things. But right now we can only work with what we've got. Uh, Alfie says we need a midfield metronome and Granite does that far better than people give him credit for. Our best performances include Xhaka and we are far better with him in the side. Agreed. Uh, Syed says, I think the fans are fed up with him and just don't like him. Uh, I'm balanced in the situation. He's improved lately, but for me, I think we need an upgrade to progress as a team. Uh, Carrie says, I wouldn't mind if they got someone better, but exactly. Uh, Sam says he's a decent footballer, but lacks concentration in certain situations and gives away silly fouls, which ends up getting him booked and walking a disciplinary tightrope for the rest of the game. Enigma says he's just arrogant. 
The man never apologised for the craziness he did. He's too slow with or without the ball. Give it a break, man. Uh, since Cinco, 16 Gunas, says Granite Xhaka is the best midfielder at Arsenal right now. Those so-called fans that hate on Xhaka don't understand his importance to the squad. Great comment, as always. Um, Brad Richardson says, I think it's because he was chosen over Kante. Does that play a part in, in, in some people's minds? If it does, let me know. I'd love to hear. Um, does the fact that we potentially uh, missed out on, on N'Golo Kante to bring him in bother you? And does that play a part in your opinion of Granite Xhaka? Do you feel like we should have got someone else? And does that contribute to the ill feeling towards him? Let me know. Uh, Zod says, all respect to you, Harry Xhaka and his family, but you know my opinion, Harry. He needs to be sold in the summer. First thing, his football record speaks for itself. We need to continue moving forward. Uh, Sam says, would you sell Xhaka if a decent bid came in, Harry? Only if we got the money in that would allow us to go and get that upgrade that I'm talking about, right? Not if we're going to get the money in and turn to Mohamed Elneny. Not if we're going to get the money in and bring Danny Sabayos in on a permanent deal. So if the right money was on the table, I think everybody has a price. Everybody in football, for me, has a price. And if a good, solid bid came in for Granite Xhaka and Arsenal had identified someone that could do that role, um, then yeah, I, I would, because I do believe there are upgrades out there on Granite Xhaka. It's just for me right now, um, we don't have one at the football club and I don't understand the constant bashing of him uh, or I don't understand what people think the constant bashing of Granite Xhaka will achieve and 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 how that helps us moving forward. Um, it, 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 you know, the, the fact that he's had given this interview, the fact that that incident occurred with the fans uh, all that time ago is proof that this online abuse that players receive is picked up by them. It is noticed. It is read. It is taken in. So when people say, oh, you know, well, nobody looks at what I say on Twitter, maybe not you as an individual, but as a collective, when there's tons of abuse going around on social media about one specific individual, it's naive to think that these guys are not going to see it and it's not going to affect them and it's not going to impact them. You know, we're not talking about my, you know, we're, we're not talking about our, our grandparents who are going to use social media maybe, um, but not necessarily, are not necessarily as big on it or, or don't necessarily center their lives around it like younger people do. Um, you know, it might be easier for someone who's, who's less active on it, who's less, uh, I guess, techie in terms of being able to search for stuff and whatever. It might not bother those people as much. Some stuff may go over the top of their heads, but someone like Granite Xhaka, what, he's not even, he's, he's younger than me, Granite Xhaka, is he not? He must be. Yeah, Granite Xhaka must be younger than me. That just makes me feel old when Arsenal players are um are younger than me. Yeah, Granite Xhaka's a couple of years younger than me. So if, I, if I'm if i on social media, if, then Granite Xhaka can be on social media as well. Um, and, and, you know, it's the same with all players. We, we've got to stop this online abuse. It, it doesn't do anybody any good. And as I keep saying, the fact that he's given this interview is proof in the pudding that people do pick up on it. People do read it. Um, Tazel says, Xhaka is just not quick, mobile, and doesn't have the technical ability, especially in the system. Yes, he's improved recently, but when we get another player that can play that role, we'll see a massive difference. Would love to see Partey, Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. I just think that that's too attacking. 
I think that as Smith Rowe and Odegaard are both number 10s and you're essentially asking them to partner Thomas Partey, who I don't even think is a defensive mid. I think he's box to box. So that would require a change in system for me. Um, but it, yeah, that's the point, isn't it? The, the undeniable point is that he has improved and it's uh, it's very difficult to get away from that. Um, just going to pick up a couple more comments on this Granite Xhaka thing and then um, we'll uh, we'll move on from it. Uh, Harry says, I like Granite Xhaka. It takes some mental strength to come back like he has. He was disappointed against West Ham, but he's been consistent this year. The whole passing sideways thing is factually incorrect. Um Big uh, hello to Harold, uh, who joins us. Uh, thank you so much for your very, very kind Super Chat donation. Uh, very much appreciate it. says, anger and hate towards players uh, is too high in general. It absolutely is. Um, it is. And uh, thank you again, my friend, for your very kind donation. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if you're nether regions, are in need of some tender, loving care, then head over to the Manscaped website. Check out their fantastic products. I highly recommend the lawnmower 2.0. Um, it gets it lush, trim, looking like the Emirates Stadium pitch. Check it out. And if you enter our discount code, which is rolling across the bottom of your screen, and that is 90min20, you'll get 20% off as well as free shipping. So please do uh, check that out. And we thank them for their very kind sponsorship uh, of the podcast. The real captain says uh, Xhaka is a good player, but not consistent and not athletic enough for the Premier League. Um, Matt G says, I hate this Kante versus Xhaka debate. We don't know if Kante wanted to come to Arsenal. Buying players isn't like buying things on Amazon. The player has to want to sign for the club. Completely uh, agree. Completely agree. Um, Richard Garrett says, Harry, stop avoiding the negative impact AFTV has had. I've, I've not ignored it, Richard. I've, I've spoken about it in the past. Not just AFTV, all platforms uh, that have a big audience, I think, have a responsibility uh, to even if their opinions are negative on a player, they all have a responsibility for me to voice them in the right way and to do it, um, you know, in a way that is respectful, constructive. You know, you can criticise a player for the way he's played. You can criticise him for a mistake. But when you start raising your voice, when you start shouting and swearing, calling names and all of that stuff. It just, that, that is what fuels it. Um, and I, I agree that's happened on AFTV, uh, too much over the years. Um, certain contributors have, have contributed to that, but it happens on all channels. Um, and well, not all channels, but it happens on too many. And I think that people, the bigger your audience, the greater your responsibility is, uh, to not spread that, you know, you can be critical of a player, without making it personal, without making it abuse. Uh, you could talk about him being out of position. You could talk about a misplaced pass and it doesn't always have to boil over into abuse. Um, Tony Christensen says, Harry, I don't care about Granite Xhaka's mistakes. I care about how he plays the game and he's not a player we need. Um, interesting, interesting points. And again, thank you, my friend, uh, for your uh, comment. Going to move on from the Xhaka thing now because I feel like we could go around in circles on this and we could talk about it for, for a day um, because it is such a divisive subject amongst the Arsenal fan base. But I want to move on from it and I want to just quickly touch on uh, Bukayo Saka now. Of course, Bukayo Saka will miss England's game against San Marino. Uh, he'll remain at Arsenal as he continues to recover from a hamstring problem. Now, 
He's hoping to be available for the games coming up against Albania and Poland. But I just wanted to use this this news to kind of make a point about the predicament and the difficulties that I think players right now um, and international managers have, as well as clubs. You know, we're at a time where there's a there's a pandemic. There are travel restrictions making international breaks a complete and utter ball ache. I mean, they were a ball ache in the first place, but it's even worse now because we know uh you know, there is a risk with travelling, um, you know, that, uh, and that is another risk, an additional risk on top of the risk that managers had to face where their players could go away and get injured and be unavailable for key parts of the season. But these are World Cup qualifiers and they've got to be played and I get all of that. But you've also got to take into consideration, I've seen a lot of fans on social media and stuff saying, well, our, our managers should stop these players going. They should stop them going to, to international duty. The problem is that the Euros are coming up in the summer, guys, and how many of those players will be wanting to prove themselves, um, you know, ahead of, um, you know, ahead of that European Championship to nail their place down in the squad. And, and there are a lot of players, maybe not as many as in years gone by, but they still take great pride in representing their countries. And I think you've got to... Um, you know, you've got to understand that as a Premier League manager. Yes, the Premier League club pay your wages. Yes, that's got to be your priority. But international duty is something I think that in a lot of players is something from the heart. And you can't always just be as black and white as saying, well, I'm not going to let you go. You can't stop them if it's what they want to do. Um, and that's the predicament that people find themselves in. You know, we've got the European Championships where people are trying to prove themselves. We've got World Cup qualifiers that need to be played because obviously they're played over a longer period of time. We've got Premier League managers sweating over the fitness of their players. And we've got the, the, the global pandemic and all the restrictions that that brings. I think that it's just, um, it's just, it, it's a difficult situation. But we knew when we started the, the Premier League season that this season was going to be like no other. We knew this season was going to pose challenges that other seasons in years gone by hadn't necessarily posed or it was going to increase the toll that some of those existing challenges had on the players. So I, I get why people are outraged by the international break. I get that people don't want their players going off gallivanting around the world now to play World Cup qualifiers. But unfortunately, and as uh, my good friend and former Arsenal man who's joining us in the chat, Super Kevin Campbell says right now, he says, Hi, Harry, I hope you're well. Players want to represent their countries and clubs cannot stop it. Completely agree. Completely agree. You know, when you sign a player, you know he's an international. You know there are going to be times where he goes off on international duty. That's been the way of football for donkeys. It's not going to change now. Um, and I think there has to be a level of understanding applied from all parties. Club managers can't just be dismissive of it. International managers can't be dismissive of club managers, particularly when players are carrying injuries. And, and there's got to be a bit more understanding, I think, across all the different levels. Just finally, the last bit I wanted to talk about today uh, was the reports doing the rounds today uh, with regards to Arsenal supposedly um making a move to sign Manchester City's Eric Garcia. Now, we know that Eric Garcia is off to Barcelona, um, but um, but it's said and it's alleged that Arsenal and Chelsea both made approaches for the player 
prior to him reaching that agreement with Barcelona. Look, Eric Garcia had his heart set um, on the move to Barcelona. I think that's clear to see, um, you know, the fact that he, he would rather go there than stay at Manchester City tells you that because, you know, if you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at, for example, him potentially moving to Arsenal or Chelsea, why would he move to any of those over Manchester City when you look at how strong they are at present and the the the, the style of football and uh, and role he would get to play there? So, you know, I think Arsenal were always fighting a losing battle, but it's interesting to hear that that's emerged. And again, it's just a report, um, but it's interesting that Mikel Arteta is still uh, in his mind uh, thinking about adding additional uh, players to the central defensive position. So there you go. Uh, Eric Garcia was supposedly approached by Arsenal prior to agreeing his deal with Barcelona. So I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to bring it to your attention. And I wondered if you guys think that we do uh, still need to address that central defensive area. When you look at what we've got, Gabriel holding uh, David Luiz, Pablo Marie, William Saliba to come back as well. Uh, Callum Chambers, of course, can also play there. Is there a need uh, to still be looking for centre-backs? Should we be prioritising other areas? We don't know exactly when that approach was made, of course, um, but you can assume that it was after the last transfer window in January because Eric Garcia wasn't clearly on his way to Barcelona prior to that. We had suspicions. We thought it was going to happen, but it hadn't been confirmed. So perhaps uh, Mikel Arteta is still looking at that uh, that central defensive area as one in which he would like to strengthen. Um, just want to pick up this one. It's a little bit off topic, but um, SP says, hey, Harry, a bit off topic and a bit late to ask. But have you read Arsene Wenger's book? And what do you think of it? I personally liked it. Yeah, I have read it. Um, I actually found the bits prior to him joining Arsenal more interesting because I didn't know as much about that particular period in his career. Um, so I found those bits more interesting. Look, there was a lot of people that were disappointed about it who felt that he could have thrown dirt at the club. He could have exposed a lot of situations. But, you know, we know Arsene Wenger's character and we knew that that was never going to happen. So I think those who say that probably went in with the wrong expectations. But I thought it was a good read. Um, it's not the greatest book I've read and I never thought it would be because, as I say, of what we know about Arsene and his his character and his class and the fact that he probably wasn't ever going to sit and throw people under the bus. I, I really... um. I really actually enjoyed it as a read. But as I say, I enjoyed the part prior uh, to him joining Arsenal more than I enjoyed the bit when he was actually at the club because I didn't really learn anything from that. Uh, so, yeah, um, Graham says he hated it. It was boring. It, it wasn't it wasn't amazing. As I said, I thought it was a decent, good read, but nothing brilliant. Uh, Sam says, uh, Harry, what's your opinions on Arteta's comments on managing PSG in the future? Well, PSG is a club that... Um, you know, he obviously played for a club that he holds dear to his heart, obviously a club with whom he could potentially um, get major European success with, given their model, given the way they operate. Uh, I don't look. Mikel Arteta is an ex-Arsenal man, but you've got to remember he had careers. He had a career elsewhere as well. He had times elsewhere. He obviously speaks French as well very well and probably feels that that is a role that he could slot into one day. Why would he rule it out? Why would a young budding manager rule out what is currently one of the biggest jobs um, on the circuit right now? Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, fine. You know, I'm, I'm OK with the comments. As long as they don't materialise into anything right now, then it's all good. But 
What I will say is, you know, a lot of people give Mikel Arteta a stick, but what you can say is that he's a young manager full of ambition. You can tell he takes himself very seriously. You can tell he wants to succeed. And I, you know, if Arsenal were to get to a point where his out ambitions out, you know, were were above what the club were looking to do, um, then I think we we could lose him. You know, we really could. We we could lose Mikel Arteta at some point down the line. The better job he does, the more people will be after him. And don't be under any illusion. Not everybody's going to be as loyal as Arsene Wenger was when the biggest clubs in world football come calling. There will be managers that will not be able to turn down that law, the law of Real Madrid, for example, as, as was the case with Arsene Wenger. So... I think people undervalue actually how loyal Arsene Wenger was to Arsenal Football Club. Not in the last few years when, you know, maybe he wasn't on the list of some of those clubs, but particularly in the first period where he would have been the envy of most clubs in Europe. So, yeah, um, I haven't got an issue with Mikel Arteta's comments, but, you know, fingers crossed nothing happens now. But also, you know, you've got to accept that for we're always, always sitting here slagging off the Cronkies and slagging off the club and their lack of ambition. Well, there might come a point and you have to accept that and you have to realise that, that Mikel Arteta's ambitions may not be the same and he may wish to move on if, of course, he does a good job here. Um, but that's just football now. You know, managers don't stay at clubs for more than three, four years anymore. It's not like it was back in the day. Longevity is no longer a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's just the way the way it is. Uh, <laughs> Alexander says if he was to go somewhere and fail, he'll be relegated to managing clubs like Mallorca. Um, Tazel is backs Mikel Arteta to succeed. He says he'll succeed as a manager and be a top manager in the future. You can tell he lives and breathes the game. Whether that success will come with Arsenal, though, only time will tell. That's exactly how I feel about Mikel as well. Um, that's exactly how I feel as well. Um, Graham also adds that if we do badly, he will go. If he does well, he will go. <laughs> You're right about the Wenger's loyalty. Arteta will be off when he falls out with someone. It's just the way it is. Yeah, football's changed. It's it's moved on a lot. Um, and things are very different now to what they were during Arsene Wenger's tenure. Sorry, that is undeniable. Right, going to have to leave it there. Um, I am working uh, for a couple more hours still, so going to have to get back to it. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in. Very, very much appreciated. Remember, if you've got any ideas for any potential content, any subjects you want to hear discussed, drop them in the comments section, whether you're watching this on replay or live, and I'll go and pick those up. Uh, thank you all so much, as always. Make sure you smash the like button if you haven't done so already. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you want to become a member, Click on the link in the description. And for gold members and above, we dropped a new piece of gold membership content. Under the spotlight, uh, Bern Leno was the subject of my uh, my uh, talk today. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, would, uh, would love to get your thoughts on it. If you want to become a member so that you can unlock that, then feel free to do so. Um, I've got a bit of work to finish. I've got the charcoal burning so that when I do finish, it's ready to chuck uh, some lovely uh, meat on there today uh, for I take advantage of the uh, early-ish, early-ish, he says, finish. Uh, and the fact that um, the weather's holding out for now and I'll just work a little bit later is what it is. But thank you all uh, so much for tuning in and I'll uh, catch you all soon. Until then, ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.
Simeon.